1: Broker, fresh for
2: everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good
1: Tuesday morning, team. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, Radio, YouTube, TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander, it is Kelly Midland. In the house. Good hey. morning to you, Kelly. How you doing, man? Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Let me button up this shirt right here. Okay,
3: <laughs> right, we're still we're definitely Sorry prepared, ready to go.
1: Um, Take two. Kelly and I, before the show started, getting into a, uh, a, I don't know, it's not a heated discussion, but 80s, strange 80s music voices. Mm. We brought up the Fine Young Cannibals with the guy sang through his ears <laughs> to the tune of two hits. And then you had the egregious coupling with Michael McDonald, which I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get over for the next two hours. Because that guy's a it's, genius. It's
3: not that Michael McDonald has a bad voice. It's just one of those, like, watch him sing, and I'm like, why, why, are, you, uh, why are you making up this voice? Like, I don't believe that's how he talks in person.
1: <laughs> he does not talk like that. <laughs> I, mean,
3: does, I don't know if I've ever seen an interview. I just imagine this, like, deep voice. He, like, hey, Gil, how are you?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't work. He's not like, I keep forgetting. He doesn't talk like that, though. Okay. Uh, on the show today. Oh, look at this. Not only my Mishpocha, Chrissy Andrews in studio here at the South Point. But also Joe Pita in studio. Let's go. On the heels of Todd Wishnev yesterday here at the South Point. Joe Pita, who uh, you may recall for many different iterations, uh, used to write for ESPN Chalk, wrote the book Trading Bases about his baseball modeling while he was convalescing from uh, getting hit by an ambulance back in the day in New York, Um, how he regained his love for the sport of baseball. Then he did the uh, proprietary Masters Tour Guide, the 2019 Tour Guide book where he got into proprietary Augusta data, his latest effort, Kelly, look at this little show and tell, you ready for this? Moneyball for the money set, I'm holding it up for those at VEASAN.com or the VEASAN app, watch it here. Moneyball for the money set, this is using sports analytics to predict the returns of portfolio managers with startling accuracy. We're going to talk about that with Joe, um, and we're going to talk about what he's doing in Survivor, what he's thinking about there as well. His thoughts on the Immaculate Grid. We'll be all over the place with Joe at studio. Can't wait for that. Mark Borchard on baseball. Man, is the baseball season getting great. Giants throw out a uh, Kyle Harrison yesterday, his second start. 11 Ks. He had 9 Ks through 4 Giants win. They're only a half game out now. Once again in the National League. Uh, some great races, obviously, AL West, AL East. We'll talk to Mark about all that. Drew Dinsick will join us. His thoughts on the U.S. Open. I got off to a Rocky star yesterday, 1-3 on the dogs. So, Dan, a little shy, two units there to begin with. Um, Drew had a good day, though. He hit both of those first-round dogs he gave out on the Beating the Book podcast, U.S. Open preview, so we'll talk to him about that. And Dan Weston, with his day two, U.S. Open plays as well. I'll have four coming up as well. Four dogs again for young Gill. We'll do that here uh, momentarily. First, though, last night, speaking of baseball, I had a whole rant yesterday on why I thought it was just criminal and just ridiculous. Not criminal, but just the most incongruous thing in in sports betting was the fact that Spencer Strider wasn't the favorite or the short shot to win the NL Cy Young. And I said I anticipate that by tomorrow, meeting this morning, he will be. And ladies and gentlemen, he is now once again. We anticipated that correctly. Spencer Strider is the short shot uh, by a fraction, by a little bit, at DraftKings, I believe Spencer Strider is what plus one hundred and fifty. Yeah, plus one
3: hundred and fifty. Blake Snell plus yep. one hundred and sixty. Gallon two to one.
1: Two to one. So what happened last night? In case you missed it, is Blake Snell had himself a fine outing against the uh, the lackluster St. Louis Cardinals. Blake Snell got out of one harrowing jam, which saved his night. He ends up uh, going seven strong. Didn't give up an earned run. Just gave up two hits, nine Ks, five walks. The bugaboo but he lowers his ERA to 2.60. His whip is still much higher than the other two at 1.26. Gallon, and this is what we really anticipated, five and a third against the Dodgers last night, and the Doyers just beat him up. Six earned runs, nine hits, three Ks against three walks, and Gallon's ERA goes all the way up to 3.32. So now the difference between Gallon and Strider's ERA is .14. Negligible at this point. And that was... And anybody who thought Gallon ought to be the short shot or their favorite is like, oh, is he Well, not anymore. And so he's now the third shot. If I go to Tom, you know what I didn't do this morning, Kelly? I didn't go to Tom Tango's um, Cy Young tracker to see if that has been updated. Because yesterday I was, again, reporting that that, the tried and true Tom Tango Cy Young tracker, that, in fact, Spencer Strider had climbed to a very close third. Remember what we had been doing it. Right. He was all the way down at eighth. Uh, right now, I am. Yeah, they have not updated. I don't believe have they? I can't get it to work.
3: Gallon updated numbers for you on the road. Three and five win loss record and a four point eight one ERA.
1: Four point eight one ERA <laughs> on the road. Can can a guy who has a four point eight one road ERA be a Cy Young winner?
3: Sh- it's the no. part I can't get over. Like that's the part I can't get over.
1: It's also a peculiar split because it's not like the Diamondbacks ball factor is like, oh, right. what a pitcher's park, <laughs> right? Uh, the answer to the Tom Tango question is Blake Snell is number one with a nice little lead over Spencer Strider. But yeah, Zach Gallen has fallen into a distant third. But he's got Blake Snell in there at number one now. He's got Blake Snell over Garrett Cole. Blake Snell ain't winning no Cy Young. It's not like this is Steve Carlton winning 27 games for a 58-win Philly club, I believe it was. This is an 11-win guy playing for a team that's eight games below 500.
3: That everybody expected to be great.
1: I know you don't have to be on a winning team to win a CYM, but you you got to actually win games. And if you're like, wait, Gil, you're, you love analytics, you love uh, you love advanced metrics. Yeah, but these voters, they're all about wins. ERA too, but wins. Anyway, so Tango has Snell first, Strider second. I'll go Strider. Thanks very much. So that was updated yesterday. The other big thing was the was while we were, I was with Wishnev again last night at Caesars uh, with his buddy R.J., the almond guy. And uh, we were watching, we were betting baseball, we were betting by the way, the other thing, WNBA, I don't want to let that slip. The Liberty own the aces.
3: It's pretty incredible. Own them. Yeah. I watched that pretty much that entire game.
1: That was the that was the cruisiest bet of the night, was that one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And they were down seven Liberty were early, and then they just destroyed them the rest of the game. But as it was, we we're betting all this stuff. And then the news came down about Colt McCoy. This was the this is the most bizarre. Well, I don't know if it's bizarre because it's it's all about tanking. Don't let, don't let the mainstream media tell you otherwise, because you don't see the word tank in any of their stories. But this is about the most blatant NFL pre-flop tank job you're likely to see. They cut Colt McCoy, who in Kyler Murray's absence, and remember they have Kyler, Kyler Murray on the uh, PUP, so he's gone for at least four weeks, and then... It's sort of like the option for him to be out for the entire season if he doesn't come back in a certain period of time after that.
3: Yeah, he's got like a few weeks to to train and practice with the team and get ready and then otherwise they got to rule him out for the season.
1: Yeah. So just, you know, less than 2 weeks before the season begins, they cut Cole McCoy, who say what you will, is a veteran starter who serviceable could win you some football games. Instead, they're gonna go with the newly acquired, what are these two guys? The newly acquired Joshua Dobbs, who they just picked up three days ago, hasn't even taken a snap. Uh, Today will be the first time he puts his hands under center for the Arizona Cardinals or Clayton Toon, their fourth round draft pick. One of those guys is the Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback. Come the first Sunday of the of the year. Was that? 12 days from now against the Washington commanders a the commanders may end up being the most heavily talking percentage wise the most heavily picked week one survivor play in the history of week one survivor plays because they fall under every they, they they check every box one the cardinals are tanking and two you're likely not to see a a time later in the season where the where the commanders appear to be an obvious pick So there's going to be a ridiculous percentage of people who pick the Commanders.
3: Yeah, seven-point favorite right now.
1: Please let them lose. If I have some entries that don't have the Commanders, Um, that there's that
3: seven-point favorite. That total's at thirty-eight and a half.
1: So there's that. Yes, and then but the other thing is, how do you bet this? Because we were my immediate instinct, Kelly, was worst record. What's the what's the number on worst record? But of course, distracted by all the betting, right? I didn't do anything. So here, here are some of the options that currently exist. So I, I firmly admit I did not pull the trigger on any of them. Did you? Did you pull any? Did-
3: no, no, I didn't. So it, when we talk just specifically about the fewest wins market, I already have a couple bets in it. Yeah, I have, I have the Raiders and the Titans in it. Well,
1: I have, I have Panthers last team to lose. Okay, right. Or
3: last team to win. Last team to win. Last pardon win. me. Last team
1: yeah. to win. Fifteen to one. So currently, you know, here's some some options. Regular season lowest scoring team, if you want to play it that way. Cardinals the short shot, plus 318. Last team to record first win, which is what I have the Panthers in. I have the Panthers at 15-1. to They're 1350 now. Cardinals are the short shot, 4-1. to Last team to record first win. How about most regular season losses? There's all kinds of ways to bet this. Plus
3: 250.
1: By the way, the Cardinals also... Just to be thorough, 400 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> we should point that out as well. We got
3: to be thorough. Yep. should
1: point that out as well. <laughs> to go 0 and 17, can I interest you in that? 16 to 1. Nah, got to be longer. And perhaps most straightforward, their season win total is at 3.5 at DraftKings with the overjuiced at minus 145. Are there four wins there?
3: I, I don't know. Don't know that there are. What was the what was that number on the the last? I think the last team with a win to get a win would be the one I would bet because that. I mean their their schedule. That's not.
1: That's four to one.
3: At so you're getting four to one on that, right? You're getting four to one on that. You're almost getting double what you would get on fewest wins. I think I'd bet that instead. I mean I don't think at Commanders, I mean at Commanders is easy. Home against the Giants, home against the Cowboys, at the 49ers, home against the Bengals. Like, I think you're talking week five probably when before you're really thinking maybe you got a chance at the Rams. If they if they come out of the gates a complete dumpster fire, look like they're look they're looking like.
1: The best part about this, my favorite part of the story was was the head coach. <laughs> you see this part where uh Gannon says He says, we're not going to announce. Jonathan Gannon says, we're not going to announce a starter.
3: Yeah, because you have no idea.
1: He says, I think it's a competitive advantage for us going to Washington.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, But
1: we'll we'll know who the starter is. I mean, you thought Colt McCoy was your
3: starter for the past six months.
1: The theory being Dobbs is more mobile, I guess, since you have to prepare for two types of quarterbacks.
3: Aerospace Uh, engineer.
1: I didn't bet any of them. Those are your options. But I mean, the the market has adjusted such yeah. that I that I don't love any of those. We'll come back. Dan Weston on the U.S. Open next.
2: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics, this is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
1: Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander and Kelly Bidlin at the South Point Hotel Casino. The beauty of having the show here at the South Point, Kelly, as you know, is. Uh, People roll on in while we're doing shows, and it's just been so many memories of that through the years. Todd Wishtev, by the way, yesterday, remember, Bed Bash Week, we had everybody rolling in every day, and now one of our favorites comes in once again, which feels like an annual appearance. His name is Joe Pita. You may know him from his work at ESPN. Chalk, perhaps, back in the day. Or as the author of Trading Bases, where he described his foray back into baseball, regaining his love of the sport of baseball, talking about his modeling of the sport when he bet it back in 2012, called Trading Bases. And then a few years later, 2019 Masters Preview, where he talked about what had yeah, you know, before that been proprietary data at Augusta, which he revealed in that book. And now his third book is upon us. It's called Moneyball for the Money Set. I'll hold it up, but we can show the the graphic to make it clearer for everybody watching. Moneyball for the Money Set, using sports analytics to predict the returns of portfolio managers with startling accuracy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Joe
4: Peta. How you doing, man? You good? Oh, I'm sorry, Gil. Are we on the air? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going through some uh, 1970s baseball cards here to see if maybe Toby Hara or (laughs) Richie Zisk uh, played for the Angels after leaving Texas. Uh, Sorry, I'll put my grid down and uh, uh, go to the show. You came with a bit. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Always like surprising you, Gil, with the opening. Forget your book. Let's talk about that for a second.
1: Are you as obsessed with this?
4: Yeah, I think I told you in a text that I believe it is uh, putting off um, early onset Alzheimer's for me. Yes, because it is a great mental exercise, and uh, it's fun. It is. It. Yeah, I'll give you my quick. My 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 favorite moment was. For more than four decades, Gil, I have known who Lou Brock was traded for from Chicago to, yeah. to the Cardinals. And that is a piece of worthless information that, <laughs> like I say, I've been carrying around for four decades. And then earlier this month, there's a cardinals uh, Cub square, and I didn't even have to think twice to type Ernie Broglio in there. And I thought That's to myself— awesome. That's the long game, Gil. That's that, playing the long game. I, I carried that for <laughs> 40 decades. Broccoli-o. and it boom! I got like a point two percent answer. There. The way
1: the way I say it is, I was like, you know, you, you get married, you get divorced, you have kids, you have deaths in the family, but somehow I knew that Pat Kelly played for both the White Sox and the Orioles. <laughs>
0: like I don't, how
4: does that stay in our brains? But it's it's it, so great. It it, it really is. Um, and like I say, I like going through the hard drive and yeah. uh, trying to. Recall some of that stuff, and you're you're right. There are times when two two squares come up, and I instantly know. You know, I. Brewers Yankees came up and I'm like, oh, Jim Bouton played for the Pilots when he wrote uh, <laughs> uh, when he wrote Ball Four for the Pilots. And, you know, I'm putting that right and the yeah. Pilots were the yeah. precursor of the Brewers and yeah, that, it's it, it is funny how that just instantly can come to you. But you're right, if the Diamondbacks or oh, the Marlins are I'm on there, done. I have uh, no chance. I'm done. I'm not Paul Spohr. Like I That's know he's right. awesome. Like he knows relievers for the last twenty years. I have no chance. Will Hill shames me every day with like his
1: fifty sevens. I'm like, oh, stop it with your two thousands baseball knowledge you bastard uh, that's the immaculate grid we're obsessed with back to joe's book though money ball for the money set okay i have so many questions first of all let me just say this i read this cover to cover on the flight to korea uh 13 hours that way the girlfriend was like why aren't why aren't you present and i was like blame joe pita i'm reading this book it was great my first question is and again, it's using sports analytics to predict the returns of portfolio managers with startling accuracy, which is the world you come from. My first question is, how has how did you not think of this sooner,
4: and how has no one else written this? Yeah, well, yeah, those are good questions. Good questions, Gil. Let me tell you sort of the origin. Of course, I wrote trading bases because I saw, I talked about the sports betting, um, asset management, and uh, moneyballization. Right of you know the critical reasoning overlap of all three of those. And we've talked about this. I, I do hope if I ever meet a timely d- demise, you or you will have an intern go through all the appearances I did. Oh yeah, and have a little best stuff. Oh, we will. And one of those. Was the Billy Bean podcast, where I think we were doing the 2015 or 16 season preview, and I disclosed that I had had a long, casual one on one lunch with Billy Bean Uh, because he had read Trading Bases. His mom bought it for him. He called a mutual acquaintance and said, You know, I'd love to meet Joe. And during that meeting, he said something, and he's a very curious guy. He wants, you know, he wants to know all about, you know, but what our jobs were, you know, what what was going on in my industry. And he said, when I, you know, we talked about, hey, you know, we're just trying to find undervalued assets. And he said, that's all we were ever trying to do. And it became a book because Michael Lewis instantly grasped that, having also come from the industry. And my thought was, yeah, that's great. But why isn't my industry now using the data techniques that you guys have mastered in our industry because we have the same thing highly compensated performers who you know awash in data and then i spent the last ten years just diving into that And that's that's really what you've been doing for the last 10 years, including working for Steve Cohen um, on his hedge fund side at the time he bought the New York Mets. And all the findings and all the work is in the book. And it's hopefully it's very fun for someone who's a data analytics fan, a sports analytics fan to read. Um, But that's how it came about. And now, Gil, yes, it's I feel like I've you know, uncovered something big and that, you know, go ahead, refute this. Let somebody refute yeah. this because there are some big findings in here.
1: And you reveal it all and you use, for, for those of us who are sports fans, it's where you you have a lot of, you know, baseball acronyms in there for some of the things that you're doing. So you, you borrowed from that world in your life, that side of your brain to do this. But you reveal everything. And so it really does, the, the biggest thing that I came away with from it was you know, we say this about when we, when we, when some people talk about their handicapping techniques, right? Or if crack and I are talking about little things, we will often get people, why are you giving that away on air? My thing with your book was, wow, Joe, did you really want to reveal all of this? That was my, my biggest thing was why did you ultimately, I get why you decided to write it, but then was there ever a point while you were writing it where you were like, uh, should I give away the farm here?
4: Well, the markets are—you know—things are a little different in that it's not quite as crowded. For instance, creating war, you might give away that and not worry about—you uh, know—a little different than finding an edge in a game, you know, like Bill sure. or uh, you know has. So, but still, yes, you know. Look, why did I write it? If there were, if I were on CNBC, I'd give you the. Sort of generic answer that was like, hey, I think some of this is teachable. I like telling stories. And all that's true. But I'll keep it 100 here. There we go. Um, Imagine there's a a gentleman who um, dives deep into an industry. He studies it, and he masters the data. And in mastering that data, he uncovers some relationships among that data and realizes that, hey, I can help any entity in this industry do better. So he goes around to the entities, and he shows, he unveils his findings, and he is either politely dismissed or even ridiculed. Even, right?
1: even ridiculed, right.
4: This is Bill James in the 1970s and 80s, and I guess even the 90s, right? Now imagine that the people who are the incurious, incompetent, um negligent GMs who are dismissing Bill James, imagine that instead of having, you know, um, imagine that they have a fiduciary duty to the stakeholders of, of their entity, right? And imagine further that in being negligent, they're not costing the stakeholders a civic pride or a shiny trophy or a champagne-soaked locker room for the, empl- uh, for the employees. But imagine they're costing the stakeholders tens to maybe hundreds of millions of dollars annually. Well, that's kind of the way I feel with some of this. Mm -hmm. And I did try going around to some big entities, and and I'm like, I, I felt the same frustration. And unlike Bill James, I'm not an outsider, right? I can't credibly call myself an outsider, so I can't. So my writing won't be as caustic as like early Bill James. I hope, hopefully it's, you know, with the exception of one entity that I call out in the book because it was personal and it may ban me from future alumni events, um, it's it's hopefully just a, a very, uh, you know, conversational book. And, and uh, um, but that's, that's really why my frustration level yeah. at the end of my 30-year career is you know well, hitting a peak?
1: It, it taps into you know. I always say about weathermen. I sort of throw it throw it around where I'm like, how come weathermen never get graded on what they forecast on a daily basis, right? Like if only we held the fire. This we this taps into something where where we always like, yeah. How is my portfolio manager doing? Like how do I know who's good and who's not?
4: Yeah, Gil. That's that's a that's what this that's what this is. And yeah. they, these are new techniques. I think I proved them because I had a canvas at some of the places I worked to prove them. Um, and But that's exactly right. And I know, I see we have like 90 seconds. After the break, ask me how this applies to like Sloan. Oh, I will. The Sloan Sports Conference. Yep. And because that, that's exactly right. I do make one example in the book that even uh, there's a difference between knowing how good your performers are um, well, I, descri- I, I I make an analogy between the performer and the portfolio. And I mentioned that even baseball announcers mess this up. Like if you ask John Smoltz, you know, somebody will turn to him, the play by uh, play will turn to him before the game and say, John, tell us about today's picture. And he'll say something like, well, he uses fastball, curve, sinker, you know, his, his a changeup is an out pitch, et cetera. You're not describing the picture there. You just described his portfolio, Um, whereas generally we know how to describe his skills, the picture. Well, he has a spin rate that's elite among on his fastball There's movement, you know, three inches of movement. And I make that analogy between, uh, you know, in, in our world, too, where don't tell me about his holdings. Tell me about the portfolio, you know, the manager. What is he good at? And that's what the book is about
1: going to have a couple more questions about Moneyball for the Money Said Joe's new book, but also, he's obsessed with Survivor. We'll ask what he's doing with that this year. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The numbers game on Veasan, the sports
3: betting network.
1: The updated NFL betting guide will be released on Thursday throughout the NFL preseason. The Veasan experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide will have picks from every on-air host. Kelly, I did mine yesterday, so it will be every on-air host. Team-specific preseason analysis, how to use Veasan betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now's the time to become a Veasan Pro subscriber for as low as nineteen dollars or save fifty percent off the. Money monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. You know what I also like about people who roll through the studio? Uh, Wishnev yesterday, PETA today. Everybody dresses to come in studio have you noticed that <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> right
1: look at <laughs> sharp look at sharp wish uh, tell it says before he goes I just want you to know I'm not going to be able to dress up. I go, when have you ever dressed up for this thing
3: yeah w- when's that been a thing yeah. <laughs> I mean I missed that show
1: <laughs> Joe Peter wearing his vatech he went to vatech he wear his uh, virginia Tech uh t-shirt Chrissy Andrews my mishbucha, comes dressed up in the uh, the couture that is Chrissy Andrews fashion Why? Oh, I- Went to South Point. That's why I was well, my go. South Point
2: shirt. That's very nice. Thank you.
1: How many of these types of shirts do you think you own God, that I don't are know. in your closet? 30, maybe. That's it? Maybe more. I would have gone way more. Probably older. more. I would have gone Probably way more. I don't know. How many does your
2: wife think you have in there? A hundred? No, no, no. Well, let's just say this. I've got the big closet. Most oh, you guys do. give it to their wives. I got the big closet.
1: <laughs> South Point Hotel Casino. Tip of the strip. Nice to see you, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. How you doing? You good? I'm doing good, yeah. yeah. The uh, the football, the pro and college football handle, uh, what you expect it to be at this time of year? Ooh, uh, Saturday was
2: fantastic.
1: Even week zero was fantastic. Yeah,
2: week zero. I mean, with a terrible schedule. Jimmy posted that one ticket. It was ticket. terrible, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy posted that one ticket. guy bet us 40000 on Notre Dame, you know, and Ryan came by and he saw. he goes, oh, I guess we really need Navy. No, I said, we need Notre Dame. It just overpowered. Really, so we had a lot of business. So people people overpowered that with navy bits. Yeah, I know. And let me. This is
1: again. This is uh, you know. Case study number five bajillion as to why in game betting is yeah. better than preflop. Those people had to know their bet was done within a quarter max.
3: I, I was in here on Saturday. J- Jimmy came in and saw, saw the ticket. So it was what? Bought, bought a half point, too, right? The a half point. <laughs> and then it closed 20 and a half here, anyways, right? Yeah. He bought 21 yeah. to 20 and a half, and then it closed 20 and a half, anyways. Can wow. I tell you? All
1: right. Well, that's good. Week one, you would expect to be, based on the number of games, then Ooh. that exponentially greater, oh, yeah. of course.
2: Even Thursday. Got a couple good games Thursday. Minnesota, Nebraska, Utah, Florida, I think, is on, Friday, on uh, Thursday. I can't remember all the days. I know we've got a great, great weekend coming up. I'm looking forward to the Florida State LSU game. I think it's going to oh, be a huge. terrific game. I mean, that, that game could easily be in the college football playoffs. Huge handle for that. Yeah.
1: I always try to do this with you, and we've done it every year, and I'm sure we're not the only ones to do this. But I want to I wanna just, for the for people who are just landing on this show for the first time, give us a great comparison between, as much as we are sitting here talking about college football handle, when it steps up to the NFL as great as college football is. You know, I don't know if it's a Monday night NFL, a good Monday night NFL game is... Is equivalent to what in college football?
2: Well, let me let me put it this way. For the until we get to the playoffs, for the weekends, you know, and the entire schedule, a college handle is just about the same as the NFL. Well, there's so many more games. There's so many more games, yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean depends on who's playing. Now, this first week, I mean, well, we won't have an NFL week to compare it to. But, I mean I think the handle will be terrific now you have to yeah. You know, there's always that one or two weeks during the college schedule where you look at them oh man there's hardly a game I would even want to watch you know <laughs> so those aren't very good yeah. but on a typical week once we get September October even into the early part of November you know the uh, the on a weekly basis is, it's about equal but then you know college football you know essentially ends right around Thanksgiving whereas you know the NFL's really just getting rolling so at that point in time they just you know for the for the year-end numbers are just much greater in the NFL yeah can I ask you a question personal sure. personal question it depends
1: are you uh are you uh on board for guessing lines on on uh, Monday of the second week of the season and beyond
2: uh I I want to be but we have there's a couple issues I think we have to clear up okay issues to clear up issues okay. to clear up. let me the, the people are clamoring. Well, I know they are, and I don't. You know, first of all, I don't want to negotiate in public. I hate a when ball players do that. I, I don't like that. But I just want to say, I've always been like an at will. You know, not an employee, but an at will, ten ninety nine, whatever you want to call it. And they wanted me to sign a contract. I told, yeah. it, well, I can't sign that contract. You know, uh-huh. I just want to keep going the way it was. What's uh-huh. wrong with the way it was? Uh, nothing's wrong with it. Okay, uh, all right. So I'll take that as a hopefully. I'll take. Yeah. It, I'll take that as a hopefully. Okay, I want to keep doing it. I, lo- I I always tell you that's my favorite two hours of the week. It is my
1: favorite two hours of the week, and it has become such a a integral part of our weekly routine. Yeah, that to not do it would be oh. so foreign to me at this <laughs> point, right? Because we've done it for a decade. Yeah. Um, I want to say this would be our tenth year. I think did. this is our tenth year. Yeah, because yeah, we looked back, we thought it was. Yeah, we thought it was more, but it was <laughs> ten. Uh, this would be ten. So. I mean, still that it's, listen, this is the thing about guessing lines for, for, and it's interesting because for this audience and for those who don't know what Chrissy and I have done for, you know, this going into our 10th year every Monday morning. So I don't, you know, when we first started this, it was easy to not see the lines. Right. It has become increasingly more difficult, but I'm putting together so many notes that like people don't believe me that I don't see the lines. I don't cause I'm doing the notes for the, for the recaps on it such that I don't know what they are. So I, I guess what they are. I just sort of represent to the person that, well, this is what the line should be, I would imagine. Yeah. Then you actually... Hence
2: the t-shirt, I like your number better. I like your number better.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then you actually tell us what you're going to post once the show ends here right. at 9 a.m. Pacific at the South Point. And it's funny because with our audience, you know, our, our audience is very close to the sun. So there's always going to be a portion of that audience is like, ah, I already know what the line... Right. The, the re- reality is, and by the way, this is something that got highlighted at the Bet Bash conference about gambling Twitter, too. And as much as I have reason not to be a fan of Darren Revelle's, because he's plagiarized some of my tweets in the past, he took a lot of incoming, and I have a lot of respect for him. And he said a few yeah. things that were, that were very smart that didn't get highlighted. And this is about us being too close to the sun. One of the things he said is, actually, most people aren't that savvy about what's going on at every given moment like our audience is so for a broader audience that is still a a we, there is no other place where an actual bookmaker gives us his thought process on what he does with an NFL line the most heavily bet sport that there is by far right the next morning before the Monday night game heading into the to the next week and so it's in, it's just a tremendous thing and people adore you for doing obviously we used to do story time mm-hmm. The audio version of your book, if you will, mm-hmm. Then One Day. Um, by the way, you get that compliment from Jason Weingarten. he liked Then One Day he better did. than he the Billy Walters that,
2: book. He sent me that privately. Yeah. You know, I told him I'd much appreciate it. You know, I really and, and I have a ton of respect for Jason. I think he's a really smart kid. And yeah. I mean anybody who's watched this show can feel it. he likes then <laughs> one day better than the Billy Walters book. But let me let me go back to that. I mean, sometimes we see the number. Okay, that's the number. But I think a lot of guys, even even like your pro guys, when, well, how and why did we get there? Yes. You know, so I mean that and listen, you don't you don't want to think exactly like the bookmaker. Otherwise you'd look at the line and say, Oh, that's a perfect number. I'm not gonna make any bet well, who wants to do that? You know, but if you see how and why, you know, we as an industry have gotten there and you you disagree with that you know and and, i mean listen that's why those numbers are there and that's why we do so much action because of course they don't agree with the bookmaker on every game yeah you know what's their 14 you know 15 games whatever it is on a weekend you know you're going to maybe have plays on seven or eight of them you know the pro guys i'm talking about even even the guys that are doing it for fun yeah you you disagree on what that number is and how and why it got there but we go through that exact exercise And you, and you do it so well. I don't think every bookmaker could do
1: this, by the way, because you, you are – you're more normal than some. Let me just point it out. Like you're more human than, than some. No names or anything. Some, you, yeah. Yeah, but you, you, you do it in a way that's very engaging. And it's just a great way to kickstart the week of your NFL handicapping because you don't have to agree with your number. You don't have to agree with my guess. You know, even some of the even some of the guesses where I'm like, "Oh, wow!" Uh, you know, even though there's a you know there's a two point difference, uh, doesn't I still doesn't want to rate. I don't want to race to the tick, you know, to the window to bet that. There's all kinds of thought process behind it, but it is a, a great window into recency, how recency bias can affect mm-hmm. lines. But by the way, on my end or on your end, right? Like mm-hmm. so, it's it's a it's a a great just sort of reflection of the human condition in that regard, also. So,
2: and by the way, we've given out a lot of winners on this show.
1: Oh yeah, we always joke about how Yeah. we we give out if we only bet if we, that was the thing. If we had only gone with the picks on yeah. Monday morning instead of talking ourselves out of it right. as the week goes on because you're inundated <laughs> right yeah, the rest sure. of the week with everybody's opinions on oh I don't like this team I like this team
2: that by the end of the week you're like oh man I know I made it seven and it only came out four but you know what maybe that four is the right number you know something maybe like that. person x is right about yeah, this yeah, I know, yeah. yeah so I mean
3: that felt like every other week last year Last. oh yeah. yeah yeah we were saying that you were saying that by the end of the week <laughs>
1: A tradition yeah. unlike any other
2: but i think over, that's what overall, we do though
1: we always talk ourselves out of it
2: yeah but overall i think if you followed like where not just like what the number is but where we think it's going where you also, think it's going you know and so i think that could be guys that are married that closing line value i think we've given them a lot of pointers on which way we think it's going to go yeah you do a great job of that as well chrissy e. andrews
1: my mishpucha live from the south point hotel casino here on the tip of the strip it's a numbers game at visa the sports betting network coming back